Thanks for joining Paranormal Chalet, step on up into my house, full of ghostly stories, haunted happenings, and paranormal activities. Brought to you by Retro Chalet on Etsy. Thanks for joining. Here's your host, Cindy Fanestock Schaefer. I want to preface this podcast by saying it's probably one of the hardest ones I ever had to piece together. I was smiling when I was recording it, but after I really sat and thought about it, it was really eating me up. Anyone who is sensitive that goes to Gettysburg is going to understand the magnitude of what actually happened there. In all seriousness, over 53,000 casualties known 3,500 and some still missing, which will never be recovered because in all seriousness, they're probably victims of war and their bodies could have been blown to bits with the artillery that they used back then, as well as the wounded who were sat by the river to later perish in a town flood, um, as well as the 3,000 horses and mules uh, who basically perished. When I add all this up, I'm getting a figure around 60,000 souls who were trapped in Gettysburg, who perished in Gettysburg, who died in Gettysburg, in a town, mind you, if you will, who was only a few blocks long, surrounded by farmland that was converted to a battlefield. Uh, So in the course of a few square miles, you now have almost 60,000 souls immobilized in time, some of them not being able to pass on because of the brutal way in which they left this place or were forced to leave this place. So the question was, you know, we were going to go to Gettysburg. Uh, We were going to make a day trip out of it, which half of the podcast is on the retro chalet living a vintage life because I wanted to get into the antiques and collectible civil war items and relics, if you will. So you might want to hop over there and listen to that. But as far as the paranormal goes, um, I bit off more than I could chew. I mean, I had to stop after going to one self-guided tour. But in all seriousness, folks, my whole point was I wasn't sure how I felt about the paid ghost tours, only because to me that's a commercial venture and so many so many people seriously have lost their lives there. I come to the conclusion after feeling the certain type of way I felt. The town is definitely haunted. The outskirts are haunted. The homes are haunted. The streets are haunted. Um, I honestly feel that if you can raise awareness and proper respect for what happened in Gettysburg, then these tours are fine. Um, I, I feel like if you can get a child involved in the history by taking them on a ghost tour, doing something fun and exciting to them, you're also teaching them history in a way. Um, so yeah, we found our ghost. Yeah, we took the ghost tour, but I have so much more respect For those soldiers right now, and I want to speak to them right now, and I want to say for this for the 50 some thousand of you who have lost your lives defending our country, Union and Confederate, brother upon brother, all American, I appreciate you. I do not forget you. I respect you. And I will join the hundreds of thousands that come back to Gettysburg every year. Um, and pay the respects. And I promise you, I will be back and I will respect you in the most proper way. But for now, I want to get on with this podcast. So now we're going to go to Don and I for our Gettysburg trip. And thanks for coming back. We are back with a new episode here 
of Paranormal Chalet. Um, and excerpts of this uh, will be fused in when we were actually live in... Gettysburg. Gettysburg. <clears throat> so we went to Gettysburg to debunk or see for our own eyes if ghosts really exist there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. Um, and so we made a day trip out of it. And let's just let's just tell everybody, because not everybody lives on our side of the world or our side of the map. Um, now, Gettysburg, from where I work, is about 45 minutes. Um, and I've got to say, I've lived around it, worked around it, been through it, traveled by it, around it, and never really took the time to go there and pay do respects or understand what truly happened in Gettysburg. Um, Don has an altogether different education on Gettysburg. Yeah, we, my, ever since I was a kid, we would go there. Uh, my 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 mother would would go there with her parents, and uh, then when we'd go on family vacations, we'd take day trips, and sometimes we'd go to Gettysburg. And it's just a beautiful place in itself. And uh, you, you know it's a it's a huge place to walk around, and uh, it's a huge battlefield. Um, it's uh, uh, one of those uh, great moments in American history that it uh, really doesn't uh, shouldn't be forgotten when the uh, when the Southern Confederate Army invaded Pennsylvania and was uh, halted at Gettysburg by the Union Army. Right. And so I learned a whole lot about Gettysburg. Um, for those of you who didn't know, back in this time that all this occurred was 1863, just a few days before the 4th of July. Ironically, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, a battle took place. Um, but, but, you know, when I was looking at old maps and touring around, you know, it looked like a really small town, and somebody said it only had what? How many people? 2,400 people. 2,400 people back at that day and time. But then when I heard that all these brigades from all these places in the United States, and I think they said the toll was like what? 170,000 troops. 170,000 troops at least descended upon Gettysburg to participate in this battle. Um, and the battle, if you will, was done in what you could call a mountainside forest and ravines and natural um, natural topography, hills and rocks and trees. And, and the city itself. And the city itself, which back then was probably only a few blocks long. Right. Um, which it still is only a few blocks long. Um, and, and, you know, it's been made into a national... Historic landmark. Yeah. National historic landmark, preserved some what in time um if you ever want to take a vacation go to gettysburg you can do i think it's 15 to 18 different self-guided tours that don't cost you a dime you get a map you get in your car and you take the walking tour yourself and you have plaques to walk you around and explain to you what happened there and it's quite moving yeah. um and and really don has been there several times and hasn't even done all there is to offer um, you know, and so what we decided to do with our day, uh, we did take a museum tour of haunted objects for about an hour. Um, and then we took a walking history tour. Shout out to Cedric. We thought that was the best highlight of our day. Yep, that was, that was cool. That was very cool and very informative. So if you can find Cedric, who is a leather worker in the town, reach out to Cedric and try to get yourself that walking tour. 
I wouldn't settle for any other guy beside him. He is wonderful. Um, and then we were able to go ghost hunting, right? Yeah. Now, this was all together interesting because we'd never actually been ghost hunting before. If you listen to our podcast, we don't feel the need to ghost hunt when they come to us. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a big rage on TV about it. And so we decided, okay, let's go see if we can come up with any other different type of results. Or, or just uh, actually see for yourself how it's done, and and uh, uh, you know you you watch these shows and you, you you wonder you wonder things while you're watching them. You know uh, how would I react in such a situation? And right. Um, and I want to say we there was a bunch of different options, and Gettysburg is going to be super super busy. In the spring, summer, and fall, especially around Halloween with their ghost hunts. We actually went in the middle of February. Um, we, we got really lucky with the weather. We ended up with a 58 degree night uh, and not 20 degree like they were originally calling for with snow. We were very lucky. It actually snowed after we got back. Um, and we were lucky because we were in a very small group. My suggestion to you is if you can afford to take a private tour, take a private tour. Um, there are several different ghost tours there. We only used uh, this one particular company. Um, there is another company, different tours, different companies take you into different locations. Um, locations. They actually own different locations or they're affiliated with different locations. Um, so, you know, you could actually just keep making trips to Gettysburg and probably not cover everything there is to cover. Um, but the only reason I thought it would have been, even though we were in a small group, Don, the only reason I thought it would have been nicer to do a private tour is I felt like someone was stealing my ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell them? Well, it's just that, you know, you have all these people running around and they're all trying to, to contact somebody. and. And you kind of, there's a lot of overlap, you know. There, there's, uh, you know, you're hearing them, and they're, you know, you're you're talking, you're trying to talk to, to see if you can uh, uh, contact someone, and uh, there's somebody next to you doing it as well. So you, you you kind of wonder whether, if there is something there, if it's going to speak to you or if it's going to speak to them, and you know, it's. Uh... And unfortunately <laughs> for us, a little very gifted, sensitive boy kept stealing our ghosts. <laughs> And, and and literally we all had our own little bags yeah. so let's let's talk about what we had in the bags um, we had an EMF detector an EMF detector now what exactly is that uh, that's to, to measure the amount of electromagnetic field because it's believed that spirits have an electromagnetic field and if they're if they come close to you uh, that they're drawing energy and that uh, they give off this energy as electromagnetic energy and that you can sense it with these electronic uh, meters. Okay. Then they also gave us uh, what was kind of funny because I think ever since COVID, everybody's got one of these. It was electronic thermometer um, that you could actually just kind of like shoot on the ground, shoot on the walls, shoot next to you to sense differences in temperature. And wh why would we need that? Well, if there's a cold spot or something like that, that could mean that there is a uh, spirit there. 
Okay. Then we had a couple other, were they also like EMF detectors? Yeah, they were like a different sensitivity. And then the other thing, of course, was the white noise detector. Which we had such a hard time using. (laughs) Um, I I don't know why, probably because the buttons were so little and we were in the dark. And if you don't set the little, what they call spirit box correctly, um, you're picking up local radio stations, right? Right, right. And that in itself we had to then plug into a tiny speaker um, and basically can you describe like what that did well basically you, you get this it, it channels through apparently different uh, different frequencies, frequencies and, and creates a white noise and supposedly the uh, the voice of uh, a spirit if you ask it a question could come through on it I don't know I don't know how how true that is I don't know but we did have some interesting... Uh... We did, and we'll get to that. Now, the other thing that we had were two little flashlights, which, now, if you can imagine you're trying to carry all this stuff, uh, you know, which makes reaching for your cell phone in a moment of need a real pain in the butt. Um, and then we also had dows- dowsing, rods. dowsing rods. Now, you know, this was quite interesting. And I, I can't for the life of me figure out why, our experiences, these ghosts wanted to use those dowsing rods, and our instructor told us that perhaps their um, their force or their energy isn't strong enough to, to, to work the equipment, right. to set off the equipment, but it's enough that they can move uh, like the dowsing rod. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we were skeptics because, you know, obviously you pay for ghost tours, Now we're going to cut to a clip when we were actually in the car waiting on the ghost tour or hunt, if you will. Um, And you can see how excited we were. (laughs) So here we are. We are, we have made it now to part one of our ghost tour. We have been asked to line up with our flashers on as we take a 10 minute drive up the street to an undisclosed location. Well, of course we know the location, but we're not going to spoil it for you in case you ever take the tour. But it's been a very interesting day, so I thought we would talk about it, right, Don? Absolutely. So the first thing we did was we went to the Spookies um, Little Haunted Museum. And uh, then I think the favorite part of my day was meeting a strange cat named Cedric, who did the second tour that we signed up for. (laughs) And that was actually a history tour. Now, Cedric has his hands on a whole lot of stuff here. He, what, does a lot of leather working. He's involved with the George Lomas uh, site and museum and basically uh, also does history tours. He's uh, retired from the military as well as served as a uh, firefighter. So, you know, we had a great time with Cedric and he was such a talker and gave us so much information um, about the town. So if you're ever near Gettysburg or thinking up a, a trip, you know, I'm when I, when I first looked up these tours, I did look up TripAdvisor and found them. But you can actually go straight to um, their actual website, the like Gettysburg Ghost Tours, and you can book that way. You can see Spookies uh, tours. And let me tell you something. I'm not talking about history. I'm talking about just Spookified tours. There must be 30 different variations. And I was so confused. So far, we've been here all day and only did two tours and now we're going ghost hunting. 
And actually, I was lucky enough to get a card out of Cedric. Um, he's from Louisiana, and he's actually big into paranormal. Um, and there is a way you can contact him directly. Um, it's nolaparanormal.com. That's actually like N-O-L-A, because um, he comes from Louisiana. So it's www.nolaparanormal.com. Uh, and you can maybe get a tour out of him in that way. I'll also put a link in the show notes when I'm done the podcast. But now let's get back to the equipment we used and talk about our ghost. Uh, and some of the stuff we we had on our haunted tour, we kind of debunked a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's all for fun and you're touring. and um, So, you know, I, I for one, who am Claire audience, if you, you know, listen to our first podcast – wasn't really I was I think I was more skeptical than you uh, about things especially so we first went to an old um haunted schoolhouse apparently um and behind the schoolhouse we were told that the union and confederate soldiers had a big skirmish right right but also that they had uh contacts with children that had been at that school Right, and they had some names written down on a piece of paper um, of some frequent names that were usually coming through the white noise box, um, or I should say spirit box in the ghost world. But, you know, we we didn't even look at the paper um, because I wanted to be, you know, devil's advocate, so to speak. Um, so the first thing I think I started with the dowsing rods and you started holding the equipment is how it kind of went. Um, and I got myself situated I was drawn to this one room. I felt in my just clairvoyance, something was in that room. Unfortunately, I couldn't really concentrate the way I wanted to concentrate because people are walking up and down. The little boy is very loud. Um, everybody's got their little boxes on. They're flashing their flashlights. Flashing their flashlights. And I'm really trying to hone in. Um, I felt like we were in a school and I really wanted to be like, hey, I really want to talk to you. I really want to play with you. Will you come out and talk to me? Um, and immediately upon that area, um, I got a hit on one of the, um, we got a hit on one of the, um, one of the meters jumped up real high and went real low and I felt real cold. And of course, I basically was holding a dowsing rod. So at this point, you know, I can't like, switch out or do this or do that so our our method of communication was like give an example of what we were saying well if you if you're here could you cross these rods or uh, if you if uh if, if you want to talk to us would you cross these rods or something along those lines right if you're a little boy open the rods if you're a girl cross the rods do you want us to leave cross the rods um but i think initially when i was like is anybody here those can you cross the Roz? Roz went flying. My hands were burning. Immediately, I felt like something was shocking me. And and I felt like my hands were feeling like, say, I was, I know this sounds like a horrible thing to say, but like, let's say I grabbed the bare wire at a low voltage. I felt like that's, I, I was just being zapped. And, and it, immediately, I felt very uncomfortable, especially, you know, now me saying I feel uncomfortable because I'm the one that hears ghosts. Um, I, w I just wasn't comfortable because I, I wasn't familiar. The way it was coming through is not my normal way of communication. So I switched with Don and gave him the dowsing rods. Um, and then what did you do? You came up with something really, really smart. Well, I figured if it were in a schoolhouse, the thing to do would be to kneel down on the floor to get down on their level. 
Uh, I would have never thought of that. And uh, and I did get some, uh, and like like she was talking about, I could feel this this kind of electrical feeling in in my hands, and the rods were moving a bit. So, and I wasn't moving them because I was being very careful not to. Um, and I knew when I and I knew when I did. Because I even said no, that was me. You know, right, right, right. I, like because you get tired of holding them. Yeah, right. And then your 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 hands you need to readjust. Or you know, or something, or or you ask it a question and it says yes by crossing the rods, and so you have to readjust them, and then they kind of get away from you because they're they're you know they're 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 free floating as it were, and you have to readjust yourself. And uh, but you know usually when it's you. Right. Um, and so basically at that point, um, for whatever reason, there were so many people in the house. Uh, I think the people that had been outside had decided to come inside. So we went outside. That's when things started to get a little interesting. Uh, for whatever reason, what area were you drawn to and why? I was drawn to the well. And, and why? Because I had always heard that, that wells were particularly uh, spiritual places for, uh, for uh, spirits to... Uh, or that are or that spirits would be attracted to, and I never actually knew that. I just saw like horror movies about like people trying to get out of the well or people dying, falling in the well. well something about running water and what have you. That, that there's something about that that's supposed to uh, to attract spirits. Or something. And that's funny because as soon as you went to the well, and what we're talking about, this well was the old time pump handle. Pump handle. Probably from like what eighteen something. Yeah. Uh, we were told the schoolhouse was, I think, what from the late seventeen hundreds or early eighteen hundreds that yeah. had been redone or something. Yeah, something of that nature. But um, I could imagine just for a minute, I had a flash of like school kids playing around that pump handle and trying to get a drink out of it, and then it, then I was realizing that this could be a hot spot. So we then were, we weren't getting any hits on the electromagnetic machines uh, and it was so cold it was colder outside than it was inside I don't really know what was happening with the dowsing rods because we were kind of on unlevel surfaces but for we didn't whatever really try them that much outside no because we started just trying to communicate with the spirit box right and that's when we heard the name very loud and clear yeah it was Gerald and it was almost like Gerald yeah. And I was like, what was that? And we both looked at each other like, could it have been that we were cycling through, picking up some interference, picking up a radio station? Okay, on the first try, I was probably like, okay, maybe, yeah. So, but we stayed in that location, I think. And then um, I said, what? Did I, is that what I asked? Is Gerald here? Yeah, yeah. I said, uh, could you let us talk to Gerald? Is Gerald here? And then describe exactly how they said it. Gerald! Gerald. It was almost like a child yeah. was calling, calling to Gerald. Yeah. And then at that very moment in time, so I got to say like three times. Yeah. We heard it a third time after that. Um, and we actually heard the name Don because we yeah. introduced ourselves. Right. I was like, I'm, I'm Cindy and this is my friend Don. And I heard Don come through <laughs> yeah. on the spirit box. So yeah, it was, was kind of like, yeah. it was kind of like somebody was acknowledging our presence. Um, so all we got out of that was the name Gerald three times, the word Don, and then we were told something about steps. Um, we heard very clearly the word steps. So I wasn't sure if they wanted us to take steps somewhere, go to the steps, go back through the steps. You know, I couldn't figure that part out. Um, 
I gotta say, I was a little freaked out because, again, let's go back to our first podcast episode where we say that word matrixing, where you want to hear something, you think you're hearing something, but your mind's trying to tell you that that is something different. So when I first heard the word Gerald come through on that thing, I thought I was just hearing things. I tried to make my mind um, tell me that I was just matrixing, that that it was it wasn't really a ghost. Or it wasn't really saying what you thought it said. Eh? Right. I was like, what's that sound like? Jared, Gerald? It could just yeah. be like a little excerpt of a radio station that just came through or something or some interference. But then when we heard Gerald, <laughs> just as sweet and innocent as a child, but the voice was deeper, which was a little disturbing to me. Um, the way it came through was almost like <laughs> a little scary to me. Um, and then the third time. So... I do believe that there was ghosts there. Oh, certainly. It was certainly. Now, for a minute, we're going to review a film that I recorded of Don and I trying to communicate with spirits inside. And we didn't review this footage until after our podcast was almost done. Um, we had taken the pictures when we could hold the camera while we were using the dowsing rods inside the schoolhouse. So please listen. Were you a teacher in the school? Were you a soldier? Cross the rods for yes. Were you a soldier here? I'm catching Were you a things. Student here? I'm catching things on the camera, Don. What kind of things? Um, orbs in the video. Hmm. That's awesome. Now, for whatever reason, these orbs exist on my video, and I'm going to upload this video to my TikTok, to my Instagram. You're welcome to um, contact me for a copy or something to further study what's in this. Um, but if you slow-mo it and you freeze frame it, you will see some outlines what looks like, to me, clearly beings. Unfortunately, I could not communicate with these beings and it was very frustrating for me so I I just don't want to say it like this I just don't know if it was some type of dark entity or if they've just been through so much that they're just not really a hundred percent open I didn't feel that the strength of the communication was very strong except for with the help of that spirit box and dowsing rods um for whatever reason like i said we got a quick hit on the emf it went sky high and came back down got real cold but i also think if you have 10 or 15 people you know in a schoolhouse all using this equipment all talking over each other and i mean you know if i was a ghost i'd probably go hide in the corner so if there's any historians out there and you can look up the old schoolhouse in Gettysburg that the Gettysburg Ghost Tour Company uses um, to give their ghost tours. Um, and if you can tie anyone by the name of Gerald to that time, I would love to know who we were talking to. So I truly believe that we got our money's worth, of course, for the ghost tour. I'm really unsure if Gerald outside um, could have been a soldier. Um, it sounded like we were also having a small boy come through to call to Gerald to talk to us. Gerald! So it sounded to me like there was more than one entity as well as the orbs we saw inside the building. So 
After we were done our ghost tour, we went over to the list of names, and Gerald was not one of the common names. So that's why we're so perplexed, and we hope to do some more investigation and locate our mystery man, Gerald. An interesting evening. It yeah. Was, it was enjoyable. We'll be coming out with part two because we also went to a murder scene um, in the same ghost hunting tour, and it's just too much for one podcast. But make sure to check out the links in the show notes of whatever player you're using, um, and you can hop on over to Retro Chalet Living a Vintage Life if you want to hear the antique side of Gettysburg um, or see Cedric's contact information um, or contact me in any way to get uh, any more information out of me or contact me to give me information because now I'm on a hunt to try to find out who Gerald was. It's it's very important to me. And please stay safe. Happy ghost hunting. And thanks for listening to Paranormal Chalet. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure sharing my story with you today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please give me a good rating on your favorite podcast player and come back for our next episode. See you soon.